This is Inside the Valley, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Conference, celebrating 25 years of women's athletics. Hello again, and thanks for listening to the Inside the Valley podcast. My name is Derek Dockett, Associate Commissioner, New Media and Technology with the Missouri Valley Conference. In this episode, Valparaiso men's soccer head coach Mike Avery is our guest, and we dive into a number of topics, including, of course, Valpo's move to the Valley, the 2017 team, and we highlight various student-athletes, uh, cover recruiting, and a very unique initiative called One Valpo that came directly from Coach Avery and the men's soccer program that promotes diversity and inclusion. You hear about how that program started, some background on it, and what they do on campus uh, promoting diversity and inclusion at Valparaiso. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Valparaiso men's soccer head coach Mike Avery here on Inside the Valley. The Missouri Valley Conference kicks off the 2017 Men's Soccer Championship November 7th, 8th, 10th, and 12th at Shea Stadium in Peoria, Illinois. Presented by Gatehouse Media and 95.9 The Sports Nut. Watch as seven Valley teams place it all on the pitch to secure their spot in the NCAA tournament. For tickets and more information, call 309-677-2625 or visit BradleyBraves.com. The Missouri Valley Conference, celebrating 25 years in women's athletics. All right. Well, I guess first off, my initial question is um, new conference. And I've seen the, uh, the videos you guys did on campus talking about your move to the league and how exciting it is for you guys. Sure. Um, I guess just to reinforce, talk about what that means for your program um, this first year in the Missouri Valley Conference and just uh, a, a different set of opponents for you guys in 2017. Yeah, we're, we're really excited about the move. We think as a, as a department, as a university, it's a great move for everybody. I think specifically for soccer, it's a really good move. I mean, the Valley's been a, a strong league, um, and it's an interesting move for us because it's a lot of teams that we're familiar with, but we haven't played a lot recently. And so in my, I guess this is my 11th season at Valpo, uh, I've never been to Drake. Um, we, we haven't played Evansville in the regular season. Uh, we play Loyola all the time because yeah. of the proximity. Sure. Um, but Missouri State, I think we played once maybe 10 years ago. Um, never been to Central Arkansas. So there's a lot of opponents that are new that we haven't seen. Uh, and so we're excited to you know see what it's all about. And, and I know that it's a high level and we're excited for that too. Well, you guys have already started conference play. You had a match with Loyola, came out on top. You won the Chicago, uh, I guess, classic Chicago tournament there against some other opponents in that area. Um, I guess you, you mentioned you've seen uh, Loyola a lot. Mm-hmm. Last year they were our regular season champion. They advanced to the NCAA, had a great year last year, and expected to have a great year this year. Um, but you got off to a good start. Talk about, what, what, talk about how it was like to go on the road and get that first win at, at Loyola. Yeah, you know, the game came really early in the season, which is a little bit of a scheduling quirk given that we were already scheduled and then we made the change, and so it made sense to keep the game in that date uh, as it was part of their tournament. Uh, it was a great game. Uh, to be fair, I thought we were a little bit fortunate to come out on top. Loyola is a very good team. I yeah. told Neil after the game, he's a good friend of mine, and I really have great respect for the job that he's been doing at Loyola. You know, our hope is to play them again at the end, and I'm pretty sure that they're going to be there. we got a lot of work to do to make sure that we're there because I think they're a very good team. Uh, one thing I learned, that was my first time seeing you guys play. I watched that match on ESPN3, and we'll talk a little about the ESPN3 as well for us. Um, but uh, your team, a little bit more of an international flavor. My, my first thought is uh, your goalkeeper, mm-hmm. uh, Nacho. I love the name, uh, but some athletic plays I saw in that game and in that match against Loyola. Um, 
I want to touch on him um, also being recognized as our goalkeeper of the week recently, things like that. Um, talk about some of your shooting at least first starting with Nacho and, and what he means for your team. Yeah, Nacho's been tremendous. Um, we've been very fortunate. In my 10 years as the head coach of Alpo, I think we've had five league goalkeeper of the year in those 10 seasons, which is pretty impressive given it's a 10-team league yeah. in, in the Horizon League. So Nacho had really big shoes to fill. Nico Campbell was our goalkeeper for the last four years, a Jamaican uh, international player that plays for the U23 national team of Jamaica, now playing professionally in Tampa Bay. And, and so it's a huge loss for our program, but it was the one position that we knew coming into it that we were going to be okay in the back. Because Nacho, we see him every day in training. Uh, he redshirted his freshman year. He was a backup to Nico last year. Uh, we knew that he was a very good goalkeeper. And so it's been fun to watch him kind of come into his own and take over. Um, look, you know, without Nacho Miras in the first three games, <laughs> we had given up a few goals for sure. He really kept us going. And we have a, a brand new team. And so having some stability in the back and confidence in what that has, it gives us a chance to stay in games. And then you can see we have some attacking pieces that can change a yep. game on their own as we're kind of figuring out who we are as a group still. So Nacho's been tremendous, and we hope that he continues to, to have that kind of season. When you have so many players in your roster that are uh, international, uh, first of all, what's their recruiting philosophy? How, how are you able to sort of connect with these kids and, and get them to Valpo? And then second of all, the culture of the team. So touch on how you're able to get these yeah. kids to Valpo uh, for me. Yeah, you know what? I've been coaching for a long time, right? And so, you know, in that time frame, you come across a lot of contacts and connections. Um, when I was at Notre Dame for a long time as an assistant, we didn't really go the international route, but we had opportunities to meet a lot of folks. When I was at Louisville as an assistant, we also had a little bit more than we had at Notre Dame, but not as many. But you still make a lot of contacts and connections. And when I first got to Valparaiso, quite honestly, the team was in a pretty dark place. Um, and the easiest way for us to kind of build it quickly was to go outside of our own region because kids in Chicago weren't calling us back sure. at first. So we kind of went out before we came back in. Uh, I also played professionally in Europe, so okay. I had a lot of friends in, in and around the game that, that uh, have given us leads. And then we, you know, if I spend, you know, $1,500 on a recruiting trip to go to a club tournament in Los Angeles, I could spend $400 and go to Jamaica and see 10 players that are all good enough to come you know what I mean? And so yeah. even for a budget standpoint, it seems like a lot of work and a lot, uh, you know, a lot of hassle in some ways. But in some ways, it's a more targeted approach. And so we've connected into a couple of different areas. Uh, it's really fit well. I, I, I tell all the guys that we talk to, in some ways, Valparaiso is the perfect school for an international student athlete because it's small enough where everybody knows you and looks okay. out for yeah. you. Right. And so you're coming a long way from home. You're leaving your family behind and you come and find another family on campus. And, and it's a really comfortable place for those guys. And so they, I think they really appreciate the fact that it's a, a tight knit community that everybody knows and looks out for them. And then they have a chance to play big time college athletics. Yeah. And so it's a good mix for, for both. Uh, we've also shown in recent years that if you're good enough, you're going to have a chance to play professionally. We've put guys out every year. Um, and so that's another thing that we can sell to these guys is, look, you get to come in, get a great education, an environment that cares about you. And if you're good enough, you're going to get a chance to play after college. So it seems like a win to me. Absolutely. And so it, it, that's how it's worked. And then the guys kind of now recruit themselves, you know, in each other. Yeah. You know, our, everybody asks me every time I go anywhere, they say, where do you get the Jamaicans from? What's your contact in Jamaica? <laughs> and, the, and the reality is it started with one kid. You know, I brought in one kid and then two of his friends came and then they had such a great experience that two more came and then they had such a great experience that two more came. And and so now we have kind of not the run of the island, but we certainly have inroads into the island there with all the all the good players because our guys have had a great experience. And I think ultimately that's what your, your kids on your team are your best recruiters. And I think that's been the case here. 
I'm glad you brought up the fact that once they come to play Division I college athletics, come to play soccer, that they do get the opportunity to go to the next level because that's something we've seen in the Valley in recent years. Sure. Guys getting the chance to play in the USL, uh, getting looks from the MLS, things like yeah. that, and having international careers. Um, We've had two guys this past year uh, get invited to the combine and you know right. and make it to the draft. Um, do you see that that the, the conference change, giving them the chance to play a different style of competition, different different teams they haven't yeah. seen before, to improve their game, especially guys that are coming back for you this year? That outlook. What what do you think about uh, the chance for them to sort of change up and get a different look, and how that might progress their yeah, careers? Down I, I, I think you know the Horizon League and men's soccer is a very strong mm-hmm. league. Very strong league. In fact, you know, you could argue that it's a lateral, lateral yeah, move say, yeah. in soccer. Very comparative. Um, but the Valley name brand, I think, has got carries a little bit more weight. And so, for people that are just outside of the, right into the middle of the the conferences, they're just on the outside of it. Guys like the, the MLS guys, and they're just watching games. It sounds like a higher level conference. And so, I think that's a bonus for us. I mean, if we can do well in that league and play games, and then the ESPN three platform, all the different ways that we're sharing the information out there about who we are and what we have to offer to these guys, it helps us because I think it's just it, it's perceived to be a little bit higher level um, and, and again I think with the greatest amount of respect to my former Horizon League peers that's a really strong yeah, league absolutely yeah. absolutely um, okay so you mentioned you get in roads and places like Jamaica to get kids and talk to them um, but once they get here you've got a great team and I learned something by uh, hopping on Facebook something called One Valpo mm-hmm. um, and it's a little bit more about the culture of your program the culture of the team with there being so much of a melting pot I yeah. guess would be the great yeah. term to use uh, talk about what One Valpo is and just how that reflects the culture of your program. Yeah, so it, it started out of something ugly, actually. One Valpo was a racial incident in the game. We okay. had a game where we had about seven black players on the field, and every one of them got called a monkey in the course of a game about oh. four or five years ago. And it was it was horrifying. We weren't ready for it. Um, I had just adopted a, a, a young son who's from Africa in my own family. So I'm not only the coach of this team that I love, but I'm the father of a young black child at my own home. Um, and it was really raw and emotional, and we, we were trying to deal with it. And we didn't handle it very well when it happened. In fact, after a long time, it ended up us maybe throwing a punch to try and solve a problem. And, and, and so we, we had to learn that if we are going to look a little different than most college soccer teams, how are we going to respond when things like this come up, right? Um, so we, we kind of flash forward uh, six months later, a different game, different environment, and a different kid, different nationality, gets called a different slur, and again, these emotions kind of come up. And so, you know, soccer is a game where you got to solve problems in a positive way. And so we sat together in the locker room. We said, okay, look, if we're going to look this way and be this way and be a little bit different, what are we going to do? We've never had a problem in our team about intermixing the cultures. The problems come when one person feels offended. They love each other so much they all want to stand up for them. Right, and so we know that violence can't beget violence. It can't be the answer, right? And so uh, we just thought we'd come up with a positive way. So as we're having these conversations in the locker room, the guys told us, you know what? It's not always so easy for us around campus too. And I was shocked because I see them every day. The music's blaring and they're laughing and having a great time, and they really like each other very, very much. It's evident yeah. when you hang out with our team for a minute. It's evident. Um, and I said, what do you mean? And so the guys would talk about, you know, just different ways, subtle ways where they were made to feel a little bit different on campus. And so it was, a, it was something that we thought about long and hard. And we said, well, okay, let's try and do something to bring attention to this. And so we started the hashtag One Valpo campaign. And it really started off with a social media. We were taking photos of ourselves 
kind of an eclectic group and a diverse group. And it always said Valparaiso somewhere on the shirts. And it was just that. We were just sharing photos. They're like, here we are. you got to deal with us now. And we started to get likes and shares and follows, and it started to grow on a grassroots level. It wasn't very well planned. It came all out of my desk, and so it wasn't this great scheme. Uh, and, and it, but it really resonated with people, probably because it was so grassroots. Right. And so we started to get all of these shares and likes and follows, and we decided to try and take it to another level. And so I said, well, how can we get these people that are following us more engaged now? And so, like any good college student, I Googled diversity pledge, diversity this, diversity yeah. and I ran across at San Diego State a wonderful video that they offer to all their incoming students, not just athletics, all their students. It was a diversity promise. And so I called their school and I said, I love it. Can I borrow some of this? And they said, yes, please go ahead. And so I went on our campus website and how do we define diversity? We wanted to make it more than race. Um, and... and uh, and so we kind of changed some of the wording, we, and we ended up with the One Valpo Promise. And so it's an actual promise. I call it a, a grown-up golden rule. Just going to treat other people the way that you want to be treated. And we ask people to sign it and post it and share it and just spread good news. So over the last three or four years, uh, we've done hundreds and hundreds of talks around campus or in the community, take our guys to elementary schools. We've offered it to teams that we compete against, and we've taken pictures with them together. And we've That's just great. gotten this thing to, to kind of share and, and, and go on its own. And it's really been really cool to watch it grow. Um, we have, you know other parts of the campus that have adopted it and kind of made it their own. And it's like, I don't want it to be about soccer. I want it to be about bigger than sure. that. I don't want it to be just about race. I want it to be about bigger than that. You know, uh, I've had other universities that have called and started their own kind of campaign. And that would ultimately be my, my greatest dream, right? Is that maybe every school would have their own kind of campaign. And if they based it a little bit, even off of what we did, that's great. But that wasn't the intent. The intent was just for us to come up with a, a, a positive solution to a problem that we were facing and channel our energy in a, in a different way. You remind me a lot when you talk about that, what you guys did of what John Leamy, the coach of Missouri State, he always talks about giving back. Yeah. And guys, you know, giving back to their part of the game in some fashion. You know, if it's, you know, going out to kids camp, you know, becoming an official when you're done playing, you know, different things, donating to your alma mater. Um, what you just described and how it's now sort of flourished on your campus um, seems like it's been quite a difference maker. I'm guessing now that you've, You've seen anything that sort of, uh, you know, created a different mentality, created a different culture on the campus-wide because of what you guys have started with One Valpo? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I think that it, we've certainly brought awareness and we've shined a light on maybe something that people were hesitant to talk about yeah. a little bit. Um, it's emboldened some of our international students. We have a large, we have over 500 international students on our campus of only 4,000 students, so it's a pretty big percentage. Um, even in our, in our community of Valparaiso, a year ago this week, and the popcorn festival is the big to-do in the city of Valparaiso. And I was walking with my two kids through the booths and checking out the, the festival. And a lady came with her kid. Uh, she was a minority. And she just thanked me for bringing this out because she felt more comfortable coming out in the community nice. because of what she saw. And those little awesome. things are like, I mean, that hits you right in the heart, right? Like yeah. a double fist. And uh, that, again, that wasn't the intention. But if it's a byproduct, it's fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, a little bit back to soccer now. Yeah. Um, I'm curious now, talk about your team. We talked about Nacho as the keeper. Um, if folks, folks, imagine folks that are listening to us or watching us um, have not seen your team play at all. Let's go back to the preseason, if you will. Sure. Um, guys in your roster this year that you uh, foresee would make a difference, play a, a significant role uh, in the team this year going forward. Yeah, it's an interesting year. New is the catchword for us because we have a, a, a new league, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, we have 17 new players on the roster. We graduated 14 last year. Wow. So okay. a massive turnover yeah. in the roster. 
Um, we have two of our three coaching staff is, is new wow. as well. So I, I've been doing a lot of teaching, <laughs> answering a lot of dumb questions. It's been fun, you yeah. know what I mean? Kind of it's, it energizing in a way because you got to go back and reset the culture. Um, and it's been really a, a good time. The team traditionally has been a very stout defensive unit. Okay. We always were one of the leaders in the country in goals against average. Um, we're very hard to break down. Um, that hasn't quite been the case yet because there's so many new pieces to the puzzle that will come eventually what's interesting i think about this group is that we have some really fun attacking players that have personality and then are able to kind of break the game down on their own so in our first few games even the game against loyola loyola had a lot of the ball Mm -hmm. and we were in pretty good defensive shape and then we get out on the break every couple of uh, moments by an individual effort or a combination of a couple of guys together uh, you can stay in a lot of games and win a lot of games because of those special moments that those guys bring. So we have a, a player, uh, Ramon Howell, who's a senior from Jamaica. In my mind, he's one of the best players in the country. Um, I've watched him for four years. I've coached a lot of really good players. I've been very blessed in my career. He's certainly up there with one of the best I've okay. ever been around. He's going to be a professional player. He plays on the U23 national team for his home country of Jamaica. Been through Olympic qualifying and all the things. Oh, yeah. uh, he's a special talent. Um, he plays right in the center of the midfield. Uh, Rafael Mensingen is a transfer to us. He comes from Brazil, transferred from an NAI school in Tennessee, Bryan College. His ability on his own to break open the game is really impressive. He scored an incredible goal. Yeah, I said we saw that. It actually made our <laughs> yeah. plays of the week yeah, this past yeah, week in the Valley. It was a really, yeah. and, and you know, the funny thing about that goal is we weren't surprised in the least because we see it almost every day in training. Okay. Yeah, he's got some stuff to him that is pretty fun to watch. The other parts of our midfield play this year, uh, Adon Garcia is a tremendous player. He's a sophomore out of the Dallas, Texas area, and his partner Chris Villalobos is another from the Dallas, Texas area club teammates. Uh, these two guys can really control the game. And so if you can keep the ball in the middle of the field, I think it's going to give you a little bit of a break in the back, first sure. of all, but also create some chances going forward. Um, in the back is going to be the interesting part because, again, we, there's not one guy here on the team that played in the back last year. And so uh, we're auditioning and trying and building partnerships, and I think we've settled into a very good pairing in the middle of the back with Matthew King, who transferred from Grand Canyon University, a Canadian. Uh, and then Chavez Brooks, who's a freshman from Jamaica, they've been very, very good together. Um, and then you know, up front, we have uh, Jordan James and others that will come in and give energy and pace. And, and it, it's a really fun group. Actually, I'm, I'm quite impressed when watching them train uh, the soccer that comes out of them. They can really keep the ball. They move the ball quite well. We're still working on the defensive shape, and they're probably tired of me talking to them about the defensive shape. That's coaching. But that's good. Yeah, that, that, that's the game that we play, and, and, and I know that if we can stay around the game, some of these other guys are going to help us win the game. Sure. Um, almost done with you here. I guess one of the things I'm sort of curious about, um, again, back to the international part, is there any one part of the country, even the world, I guess I should say, from your perspective, that has sort of been, um, when, you, when you are thinking of, okay, interesting, how do I connect with them? Any of that cause a challenge for you? Like how, how you would connect with someone or is it relying on current roster, current players on the roster, relying on connection you might have. Yeah, yeah. Any challenge on connecting with players in, in that way? Yes and no. I mean, the internet has changed recruiting significantly okay. because in the click of a button, you got a video and at least you can see, I'll not recruit anybody off of a video. So if I'm not hopping on a plane or one of my staff isn't hopping on a plane, or if we don't have a really strong connection to someone who I know personally and I trust, right? We're not going to go in blind on right. someone because it's too big of a risk. Um, 
But there are some places that are harder to get to. Um, you worry now sometimes with some of the immigration processes and the you know all the stuff that's sure. going on in the political world. Sure. We have our, our our fingers on the pulse of that stuff as well because it affects our players directly. Yeah. And so we're very concerned when we hear all these different changes that are going on. Um, and we you know we haven't decided. I mean, it's, I, this is probably the biggest thing for me is we don't go into a recruiting year saying we're going to go get X number of international players. Okay. It just doesn't work that way. Our goal is to go find the best players that we can. We've just opened up the map a little bit more. Gotcha. You know, we're not just recruiting Chicago or Northwest Indiana. We're going wherever we need to go to find the right people. You know, when you're in college admissions, you hear the word fit all the time, mm-hmm. right? You're looking for the right fit. We use that term, F-I-T, as I start every recruiting meeting with my staff with fit. And it's finding the ideal teammate. So what does that mean, right? We want a great person, a great guy, someone you can hang out with, someone who shares some core values with you, even though the differences are there too, because we like that. That's the spice that gives us interesting things to talk about. Um, They got to be a good player. You know what I mean? Like all the things that you're hoping for in your teammates, that's what we're looking for. And we have the whole world to choose from and we play the world's game. So why not? Awesome. Trying to think here, man. You covered a lot of ground and, and stuff that I c- kind of, quite frankly, caught me off guard. Learning about the team and just the culture, it's it's pretty unique. I, I don't think I've ever heard quite a story of what you guys have and the effect you've had on your campus and just people around Northwest Indiana. Uh, I guess if you could tell me, if you could leave me with one statement or you know one sentence uh, for folks that two two parts here haven't seen you play. Um, a way you would entice people to come out, your fans at, at your campus or mm-hmm. fans of the Valley to take an interest in you, how would you describe your team? Mm-hmm. And two, uh, for folks that have uh, may have had challenges with, you know, dealing with diversity or things like that, how would you address those two things, entice people to come see your team play on a, from a soccer perspective and mm-hmm. then talking about embracing other cultures? Yeah, I think the, the, they kind of go hand in hand, to be honest with you, because I think one of the things that you'll see about our group every time they play, it doesn't matter who we play, we are very ambitious. I want to be the best team in the country, even at a place that maybe you wouldn't think it's possible to do that, right? Uh, and But we have high expectations. We compete very, very hard every day. Whether we win or we lose, our team gives it every time that they play. And I think that's very evident when you watch us play. I think you also notice that they really enjoy playing for each other. We have this kind of idea where if it's my family against your team, I kind of like our chances yeah. in that. And so the stronger we can build those bonds together... Um, the better chances that we have. Like, we'll go into a game in the Big Ten or the ACC, and we love those games. And I always joke around with the guys. I said, they have a who's who of American college soccer roster, and we have a who's that of American <laughs> college soccer roster, right? And it's kind of fun to go into there and then walk off with your head held high because whether you won or you lost, you gave them a game, and they know who you are afterwards, right? And so I love that energy with our team. We play at a high level. We play an attractive style. Uh, we're organized, we attack well. There's all the pieces that you're looking for in a game. Uh, I think it's, it's a very fun game to watch. To the second part of your question, um, our whole thing with the one Valpo and really just our team's philosophy is that you know together we're more than we are alone, right? So if I can take your strengths and add them to my strengths, we have more, right? And if right. we can add one more person's strengths to it, we have even more. We're smarter, we're better looking, we're, we're everything better together than we are alone. And our game is a great vehicle for that because it is the world's game. And so we can bring guys in that are Muslim and guys that are Christian and guys that aren't sure what they believe in yet. And we can bring them into a room, guys from the city, guys from the farm, guys from 
another country. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? We sit in the locker room every year and you look around and it's like, okay, there's a kid from Japan here. There's a kid from Germany here. There's three guys from Jamaica over here. There's a kid from Africa over here. There's a guy from Maryville, Indiana down the street there. There's this whole group. Yeah. How are we going to bring this thing together? And, and, and it's the greatest challenge for me, but it's the most fun part. And we just always start with this simple idea. Look, we have more in common here than we have different. And we start with the point that we're here right now. Mm-hmm. And we're playing right now. And it says Valparaiso right here, right now. So if we just start there and just start building off of those connections, the stronger the connections get. Awesome, awesome. Well, I have one more question I yeah. forgot to ask. Uh, I'm curious. So in the Missouri Valley Conference, we have, and I, I know you guys in, in the Horizon League had uh, ESPN3 and you games are online, but as technology has sort of been just become this big, big thing, sure. our conference has embraced it. We've got the Valley on ESPN3. Um, that's where all of our games for across the board now, we've sort of now in year four, I guess, uh, of starting this adventure. Um, and soccer sort of came on board after we got basketball and volleyball in because, you know, outdoors a bit more challenging yeah, to do sure. some production, but um, we've got more and more games on. Um, your match against Loyola was on the Valley yeah. on ESPN3. I'm curious how technology has sort of uh, affected uh, the game from your perspective, your team, your program as well, um, and being able to have your program sort of showcased yeah. around the world, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, potential recruits, families, you know, whoever it might yeah. be that's watching, and then um, the exposure that you're excited that you guys, once Valpo gets to the point where they can do soccer on ESPN3 as well, so your thoughts on, on yeah, how technology no, sort of changed for us? I, I, you're absolutely right in that it's a massive change in how we can be perceived nationwide. You know, um, you could go into any part of the country and people will know about Valparaiso now yeah. because of maybe the basketball success, but even now other sports that are right. having the platform that they have to be seen. Um, it's really increased our recruiting ability because now it's not just a theoretical conversation about what we might be able to add. They can actually go on and watch the game. Sure. Um, and the biggest thing for me has been our, the ability of our international kids' families to follow along. You know, it, it's always fun when you get, uh, you know, a game that's on maybe four or five in the morning where they are. Yeah. Um, but we get an immediate text message or a, an email or a call right after the game that, you know, mom and dad were up, huddled around the computer and watching the game. It's fantastic. Right? Great. And again, it brings the world closer together. Uh, so we're really excited about that part of it. And I think the broadcast levels that I've seen anyways have been fantastic. And so I think it's a good thing for everybody. Right. Well, Talia, anything, any final words for me you want to add? No, no. I appreciate your time, sir. This is Inside the Valley, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Conference, celebrating 25 years of women's athletics.